Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos. I don't know about you, but I often think of my life in seasons. You've probably heard of the four seasons of life where the time of year is associated with an age range, like spring is associated with new life or your childhood. Summer is young adulthood, autumn is more middle-aged, and winter is older adulthood. Personally, I've come to thinking of my life in shorter seasons, like the season I was a brand new parent and knew absolutely nothing about babies, specifically mine, or the season of navigating solo parenting while my husband was deployed, or the season early in our marriage where we were both out of work and we lost our home. The thing about seasons in life and in weather, is that they are temporary. They pass, often before you know it. I think about that a lot as the long, hazy summer days melt into crisp autumn air. Our wide open schedule is filling up with activities and events, and that newborn whose diapers I was elbow deep in is now tying his own shoes and walking into school, leading his little brothers by example. Sometimes, It feels like I'm drowning in tasks, busying myself with chores and things that I should be doing because that's what the internet said a good mom, wife, professional, woman, whatever does. But this season of busy will pass. And then what? I'm excited to be joined via Zoom by Lindy Wynn, host of the Mamas in Spirit podcast and this year's keynote speaker for our annual women's conference to chat about how to maintain our focus on Christ and his sacred heart in all our seasons of life. Lindy, thank you so much for joining me on Candid Catholic Convos. I'm really excited to have you, and I'm really excited to actually get to meet you in person this fall at our annual women's conference. Thank you so much for joining us. Rachel, thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to be here, and my heart is overjoyed knowing that this is just a touchdown before we're all together in October. It's going to be great. It's going to be so exciting. I love our women's conferences. They're just, it's just like that, that breath of fresh air that you need. Yes. It's like a filling. It's yeah. like the, the women at the well, W-O-M-E-N. We all come together to get filled by the Lord. Yes. I love it. For those of our listeners who are unfamiliar with you, would you mind telling me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, usually on my own podcast, Mamas in Spirit, it I don't give out any questions. So I've been able to prepare a little bit for this, which is very fun. So I wanted to tell you three things about me, kind of Trinitarian here in the three. The first is recently I asked my husband if he was going to choose a word to describe me, what would it be? And I was so touched by what he said, because we met when I was 20 years old and I am now 46, everybody. I'll be closer to 47 when I see you. And he said, contemplative. 
And I think that really marks my heart in so many ways, because Rachel, you may or may not know this, but I was not raised in a home with religious structure or a home really of prayer in a sense. And I lost my beloved grandfather who lived 10 doors down when I was just nine years old. And it was a very devastating loss. We spent so much time, me and my brothers and my family at the home with my grandparents, and they were such a big part of our life. And I think most importantly, whether he thought of it this way or not, my grandfather reflected God's love to me. I felt cherished in his presence. And I remember feeling that way as a young girl. So when he died, it was a significant loss. I remember walking down the aisle at his funeral and all the sweet and compassionate looks of his friends that I had known throughout my childhood. And looking back now, I know that they knew the lifelong impact this loss would have on my little heart. And we lived on a lagoon. We were very blessed water. Once again, that symbolism of water. And I would go out and sit by the lagoon and talk to my grandfather as a nine-year-old girl. And eventually that turned into God. So that basking in God's holy presence, that turning to God in sorrow, yet in everything. I mean, this continued throughout my middle school years and my teenage years until I really started to search. And I think this is the second thing that I really want you to know about me is that I became Catholic at 21. And so I was baptized into the church then in just one of the most sacred and glorious moments of my life that renewed and changed me, obviously gave me new life and blessed me with new life. And that's so much what I hope for all of us all the time, because that contemplative piece is that constantly returning to that well, constantly returning to the bread of life and to be refilled and to be nourished. So I'm really in my life, always going back there with the Lord to that sacred silence, the intimacy of that space and place. And the last thing I want you to know about me is when I was baptized, my now husband was there. So we were dating at the time we met in college at Santa Clara University and we got married when I was 23 and he was 24, an older man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so we were married. And so that is my big B vocation. And I would say that our shared vocation, which I like to call our little V vocation, which is there's nothing little about it, is that we are an adoptive family. We're adoptive parents. So I've never been pregnant. And yet I have been blessed with motherhood. We adopted our first two children at six and three from foster care, their biological siblings, and our youngest at birth. And there is a 16 and 13 year age gap between our oldest two and our youngest. And they are now 24, 21, and eight. Wow, that is amazing. I love how you kind of like walked us through like, quite literally your entire life, like with faith and then with being a mother and being an adult and just kind of how your faith and your vocation has just evolved over the course of your life. I think that's, that's really incredible and really profound that you are that self-aware that you recognized that and those periods um, over time. That's, that's really awesome. And I'm really, I'm really excited to get to kind of dive into this with you. On your website, you describe your podcast, Mamas in Spirit, as a mini retreat in a podcast. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what led you to this form of ministry and how did it come about? 
I will try to be just as succinct. <laughs> I did not play it this way with three things. So the first is the mama's part. And I think this is really important for everyone listening to know. And quite frankly, I have not done a good job of explaining this on my website as of yet at mamasandspirit.com, but hopefully one day I will. But when I was 21, before I got baptized, I spent a summer at an orphanage in Tijuana. And I don't know for those of you listening and have ever heard this or not, but it struck my heart. And I noticed when I was there that the little girls who were orphans were referred to as mama often. It's like a term of endearment that's sometimes used from like mother to daughter or maternally, whether it's spiritual motherhood or whatnot with a small child, mama. And I thought that was so endearing and reflected God's love so much. And so mamas in spirit is for every daughter of God, because that's what we are first and foremost. We're daughters of God first. And I also have male listeners. Secondly, the reason that mamas in spirit started was because when I was in my late thirties, early forties, I was surrounded by three women who were very sick, much younger than any of us would ever want Two were neighbors. And literally, if you looked out the front window of my home at the time, you could see two of their houses from my window. So this really was on my heart and was walking with these neighbors. And those two neighbors had children who were nine. And then the other mom she had a son, I believe in middle school and a daughter in high school at the time. So these were women fighting for their lives. And then I had a beloved girlfriend, Carolyn, who also was essentially fighting for her life. She had stage four cancer at the time. And for those of you who have fought cancer or know other loved ones, she was at the stage where she was doing different trials and things of the sort. So this was a very developed cancer. And so here I was on one hand, looking at these women who were very, very sick and who are fighting for their lives. And yet I had this little dream of my heart, this little toddler that I had deeply desired and longed for for many, many years. She, We adopted her as a baby and I, I had always wanted to do that. And so it was such a gift and a blessing. So I was sitting there with that dichotomy between those realities. And also death was very real to me because my husband is immunocompromised and has a rare vasculitis disease. And he has been very, very sick many times throughout our marriage. We've been married 23 years years. So I'm, I'm looking at this and sitting with this and praying with this and hopefully accompanying these women as God is calling me and also being blessed by them. And God placed on my heart to write letters to my daughters in case something happened to me younger than I would ever want. So I spent the next year of my life writing 52 letters to my daughters and they were about everything that's most important in life, about love, about faith, about marriage, about all the things, all the things you'd ever want to talk to your daughter about. And then literally I finished the 52 letters, was walking out of this coffee shop that I spent a lot of time writing these letters in and God placed it on my heart to start a podcast in the theme of these 52 letters. That was the first year of Mamas in Spirit. And so part three is I actually started a podcast and did all the things you're not supposed to do. The first year I interviewed family and friends, which is, I mean, if you read professional advice, it will say, don't do that. It will never work. But I was just following the call of the Lord intimately into my own heart. And I said, yes. And then look at how amazing God has been. This is our fifth season, fifth year of Mamas in Spirit. And it is now a mini retreat and a podcast to hopefully encourage all of us to retreat into the sacred heart of Jesus, 
into love itself all day long, every day of our lives to know we're never alone and that there is another woman. It's usually women I interview, sometimes our chaplain, Father John or my husband, sometimes other men, but yet basically to reveal to us how God has worked in the hearts and the lives of others. So we know that God wants to do that in our hearts and our lives too. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. And it's so funny that you mentioned that they would refer to younger girls as mama. My husband is Puerto Rican and I never, like I had heard it when he would, when they would speak to his younger nieces and cousins, uh, they would call them mama or he calls his grandmother, mommy. It's just such a term of endearment of, of that nurturing aspect that just kind of lives in women. And I love that you have this very real and recognizable respect for life and for inevitably for death and that you took this initiative to kind of write these letters to you. I often think about that. I have three sons and I often think about like, heaven forbid that I have to, you know, leave them sooner than I would like, you know, what would I say to them? And it just so happens that this, our podcast is almost two years old and we, it's nice to be able to kind of leave them that legacy of that they can hear mom's voice or they can Mm. read mom's handwriting. And it just, that's, that's something that's very important to me as well. So I love that you were able to recognize that calling and actually move forward and do something with it. And, and there's no wrong way to do, (laughs) to do anything in life. Everything is figure outable is what I'm finding out, you know? So I love that you just kind of, you're just like, I don't, don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do it. And you just did it. And that's, that's amazing. I want to back up a little bit and talk about, we talked about mothers and mama and mommy in the Catholic faith. Mothers are held in, in very high regard. And we obviously want to continue to uphold their dignity and value, but there are going to be some women attending the conference that aren't mothers. Maybe they're single or they aren't mothers yet, or God hasn't blessed them with the gift of children or maybe they're called to consecrated life. How can women who aren't mothers embrace the Catholic faith and still feel valued? I think it's critically important that we find our value in Christ and nowhere else, nowhere else, that our hearts and our gazes are truly fixated on Christ. If we look to the world for our sense of belonging or our value as a human person, we will struggle. And we do struggle, all of us, because we all do that in some way. None of us are perfect. None of us perfectly reside in the sacred heart of Jesus. We're just called back there and drawn back there by God all the time. So what I would say to a woman, like if I was sitting with a woman and she felt like she wasn't fitting in or she didn't fit some certain molds or things of the sort, I would want us to remember in our hearts that God molded each of us uniquely and God meets us right where we're at, right where we are in our lives. I think that if I had compared myself to other women or other people in my life, I would have been forlorn. I would have really, really struggled in many, many ways. And that's because nine months into marriage, my husband was so sick and he really spent the first decade of our marriage very sick. I have never birthed a child yet. God is a redemptive and all loving, merciful God that needs each one of us. And so God calls us where we are. So sometimes I think in healing that we need to surrender 
our expectations or the ways that we think things should look or that we would have wanted them to look. I have to do this all the time over and over again. Like, how how did I expect my life to look? Or why is this so much harder? Like the passion is real for Christ and the passion is real in our own lives too. And that's why we have this glorious example to, to carry our crosses yet to lay our crosses down to the only one who can really carry them, who is Christ. And so I believe that one God will whisper into our hearts in the silence. So I pray for everyone listening, and especially if you're struggling to go to the silence and to stay there and to really open your heart. If I had to say one theme that I've heard in, I don't even know how many podcasts I have now, like well over 200 podcasts, but I've also sat with so many people over the years. I am so blessed beyond measure and listen to their hearts and their stories. If I had to give you one hopefully holy prescription, hopefully in the Lord, it would be to open your heart to the Lord. Mary opened her heart, our blessed mother to the Lord, and it stayed open, but we're human. And so we close off when expectations aren't met, disappointments, sufferings, circumstances, losses. Like there are so many things that can keep us from the Lord in our humanity Yet God calls us and draws us to God time and time again to come, to lay down whatever we're carrying, to re-surrender our hearts and to listen to God calling us. And I did that just yesterday and I was praying for all of you. And I prayed about this question in particular. And this is what I heard as I sat in this original chapel that was built by the hands of like 12 families 150 years ago. And the little light was burning in the little red candle holder as I was sitting there. And as I was gazing, hopefully the gaze of my heart on Christ, what I heard is I need her. I need her. God needs you. God needs all of us. If we think about the state of the world, which can be so overwhelming, we don't need to be overwhelmed by that. The, the Lord has the world. Yet what, what we're called to do is to know, to sit in the knowledge, not the feeling, but the knowledge that God needs us and that God calls us, that we are molded and crafted and created by him, by love itself, that we are loved and that we're needed. I love that. And it's it's something I wish I had heard years ago when uh, we were struggling to conceive and felt like the whole world was against us. And it was, it was that God does his best work in our waiting a lot of times. And I kind of want to jump back to something you said about worth and about how we feel like we should be at a certain place in our life because we're listening to the noise of society versus the silence within God. Why is it especially important, do you think, for women to take time for ourselves to sit in that silence. Silence is everything because that's where the Lord is. Like, even if we have a busy life, I don't want moms to misunderstand or, or women who have seemingly full lives, or if your jobs are really demanding, or maybe you're a caretaker. I mean, I could use a thousand examples of things that can make us very busy and our lives feel very full. And maybe in some way, like some people would shame that I would never shame that. Like if you're out there 11 and doing your thing, like praise God, all glory be to God. Yet God speaks to us in the silence, the silence of our hearts. Number one, 
So even if I'm in a very demanding situation, like for example, I am a mother of children who have special needs. And one of my children had very, very difficult behavioral issues. We're talking in my opinion, like nine or 10 out of 10 (laughs) difficult every day, challenging, not, not to his own fault. This poor child had experienced such trauma and the first six years of life that no one would ever wish upon anyone, let alone a little child. So, so not his fault yet in his healing, there were all kinds of behaviors that were there and it could be very chaotic. Yet God spoke to me in the silence of my heart. We can be still inside, even when there's a lot going on around us, because God is always with us. Emmanuel, God is with us in every moment. And so first I would say to know that, you know, there's no magical prescription. I notice all these things on social media that say like, these are the five ways to this, or these are the three ways to this, or Well, I would say that there's one way, Christ. I mean, there's one way to reside in the sacred heart of Jesus and to be aware of that. Think about that nativity scene. Think about Jesus being born. Think about Mary pondering these things and treasuring them in her heart and treasure the Lord. We treasure the Lord in our hearts as we walk through our days. Now, that being said, if you, if we are so blessed to literally roll out of bed early or to... Uh, to create space in our lives, which hopefully we are, obviously the Sabbath is holy and we need to keep it holy. That's critical. Yet on top of that, God draws us near all day long, every day in Ignatian spirituality, there's the phrase finding God in all things. So for example, this morning I was at mass, I was at adoration. Then I was in nature sitting and pondering with the Lord, because I know that this is a sacred responsibility to talk to you about Christ. Who am I to talk to you about Christ? This is a very sacred responsibility. And so life is sacred. Every life is sacred. Your life is sacred. Whoever you see every day, their lives are sacred, whether you're in relationship with them or you're touching down with them for a a blink of an eye when you're passing them in a parking lot or you're going on a walk. So my hope for you would be to create space in your life to be with God because we are always changing. God is never changing. God is the same. God is our firm foundation. God is our cornerstone. Yet we can be all crazy. (laughs) We can be all over the place. And a priest said recently, Father Baltras at our church during the daily mass, such a precious man. He said, our feelings can deceive us. And that is so important. We live in such a feeling centric culture and our feelings matter because they can reveal things to us about where we're at and how we need to draw near to the Lord. Yet if we live by our feelings, we're going to be a disaster and our lives are going to be a disaster. Our relationships are going to be a disaster, whatever those relationships are. Yet when we reside in the firm foundation, when we reside in Christ, that's when all that mercy, God is so generous, that grace, that love, that forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others, it blesses us with that supernatural grace. And I'm such a significant proponent. If you can get to any extra masses ever, or adoration, 
Yet I have to say like that supernatural filling of the Eucharist and going to mass, like that's beyond articulation. I can't quite give that words. And so I encourage that as well. So God meets you where you're at and lovingly, mercifully invites you. No guilt, no shame. I mean, there's always a healthy guilt in life when we're choosing things other than the Lord. That's different. What I'm saying is that God is all loving and just going back to the well, just how God sat there with the woman at the well and loved her. He was honest with her. He called out what needed to be called out, but he didn't really call it out. Not in the way we think at it as it in a secular way. He loved her and he was honest with her. He shared with her the things that she probably already knew deep down inside. And he pointed them out to her and invited her into new life. And that's what God does for us every time we return to him. I love that. I was actually in a previous interview, I was talking to um, some gentlemen about from our young Catholic professionals organization about how, especially nowadays, we tend to define our worth by how busy or how productive we are. And that's not really where our worth lies. Like maybe, and especially if it's, you know, a profession that we're not necessarily fulfilled by, because that's not solely where we're going to find fulfillment. We're going to find fulfillment in the sacraments and in going to church and especially for women, like my, I find myself personally getting too overwhelmed by like the mental load of like, okay, so-and-so has to be at school at this time, or they don't like this in their lunch. And it's just an endless list. And I was, I couldn't figure out why I was so felt so bogged down, like couldn't get ahead of my list. And then I started going to an extra mass, like, um, our, our children's school, they do like a school mass on Fridays. So I would just stay after drop off and go to the mass. And I was like, oh, there it is. Now I feel better. And then going to the mass on Sunday and it's like, oh, that's, you need to fill your cup before you can pour. Or what's that? What do they say on an airline? You need to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else. It's that's, that to me is what finding fulfillment in Christ is like. It's just remembering. And even if you have to, I literally block off on my Google calendar. Like this is when you're going to mass. You are not to schedule anything else in that time period. Cause that's mass. And that's when you're going to go get your cup filled back up. And I love that you brought up that you have been talking to a whole bunch of women and men on your podcast about some really tough and taboo topics you know, you brought it up about um, illness, infidelity, addiction, loss, grief, incarceration, abuse, foster care, infertility. You literally cover the gamut. How do you find the balance and courage in taking that walk with someone through a very vulnerable point in their life? And why do you feel it's important as Catholics that we continue to talk about these different topics? How can we not only continue to talk about it, but continue to show women or anyone really with a checkered past that they are worthy of God's love and their worth isn't defined by their busyness. We've unfortunately run out of time, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos, or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online 
at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.